0: Hi, it's Craig Wilson here, your host for the Making the Media podcast, and welcome to the latest episode in our season. I'm going to be talking to Matt Goldberg, Vice President of Content Strategy at NBC Universal for the NBC owned TV stations in the United States. In this role, Matt leads the team that developed NBC LX, a new channel which launched last year. Firmly dedicated to innovative ways of storytelling, delivered on multiple platforms and seeking new audiences, is LX a model which others will follow? I talked to Matt about his role within NBC Universal, his journalistic career and the strategy behind the station.
1: In this role, what I do, um, I uh, really um, have led a team for the last couple of years um, in really trying to analyze how we can find new audiences and, um, particularly younger audiences and bring them to television news either, uh, because they have never watched, they are cord nevers, or, um, they, uh, have been turned away because they don't like the products so of the cord cutters. Um, so I've been doing this job for a little over two years. Um, I, uh, Previously, I was in news management uh, for TV stations in Los Angeles and San Francisco, uh, where I was assistant news director um, and running uh, both pretty large market television stations. Um, And then before that, uh, before I got the management bug, I uh, spent about 15 years as an investigative reporter um, and worked in um, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Houston. And I started um, in college when I went to Arizona State. Um, And um, so I have a rich background in journalism, Um, really what's in my blood is uh, storytelling and getting to the bottom of things. Um, And that has really transcended into what I've created with LX um, in that it really is all about storytelling, getting to depth and context and really getting to answer the why in everything that we do.
0: So the channel is available as, as as OTT. So tell us a little bit about this, this kind of scheduling options because yeah. I, I gather even with that, it's a little bit different around the, the number of commercial breaks that you have, maybe the timing of commercial breaks as well. And again, how that, how that differs from a more sort of, traditional approach. Yeah,
1: so LX is a very unique product, not only in content, but also in platform. The whole idea is that we are everywhere that we can be. Um, so we are first and foremost on traditional because we are, owned by NBC and owned stations. So we are broadcasting over the air in about 50 television markets. Um, We are on cable in about half of those markets. Um, That represents uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 million households in the United States because most of those are large markets. Um, Then on top of that, um, you mentioned OTT. So LX has an app that you can watch our content uh, both on um, the Apple iOS and on Roku. Um, We uh, are on LX.com, both in our, you know, clip content, but then also the the linear stream of the network is available on LX.com. I think only within the U.S. I'm not 100% sure if it it might be geofenced, but that's unauthenticated. So nobody ever has to say, oh, I've got a cable provider, so then I can have access to it. Um, We are uh, currently um, on NBC's new Peacock product, um, in an on-demand um, capacity. will be a part of the channel lineup on there soon. Um, and we're having discussions every day with more OTT products from Zumo to Hulu. We're on YouTube TV as a channel. Um, so what is interesting about it is you can watch all of our rich storyteller content and the, the, those mini docs. And um, you know, if we do an interview with somebody, you know, we'll, we'll excerpt that and make that on-demand pretty quickly. But uh, what is unique is that the linear channel is always available 24 seven, kind of in a traditional programming sense. Um, and, um, and and so the, the, the idea is that you can watch it whenever you want, however you want, both in the on-demand capacity, but also what we've seen too in developing this is so much of the audience, particularly on some of these OTT products like Roku, and Peacock, people actually want to just sit back and watch a linear stream. They don't want to actually go searching for something. Um, and, um, and early on, I mean, we 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 just started being Nielsen rated, um, but we're seeing um, you know really good numbers, um, and particularly um, in, in 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 the evening hours. Um, you know, we, we we are one single stream. So if we do live news at 8 p.m. Eastern time, it's airing at 5 p.m. Pacific time, Um, but we have a lot of our shows will encore. So even though we may do a live show, it then will encore a few times in different day parts. And and we're seeing a lot of of viewership, you know, well into the early early hours of the morning, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that was something I was going to ask about. What
0: do you see as the difference between those that watch live? and those watching on demand. Because again, I guess, you know, one of the things about about live broadcast is that, that kind of appointment to view. So you know, at 8 p.m. at night, there's going to be a news show, or at 5 p.m. at night, there's going to be a news show. And I guess that live element is still something that I think is a is a, is a draw for people to, to, to news. And the way that, you know, sports live events are the big things which drive the audience there. Yeah. So I'm interested in what you see as people who are watching live compared to VOD and what those
1: kind of numbers are like. You know, I, I think, uh, there definitely is some energy about live that people like the fact that it's coming to them. It's not, not recorded. And, and, and certainly in, in, on Alex.com, we're seeing viewership more on live than we see um, in the on course. Um, whereas on broadcast and TV, we're seeing a kind of a, an even mix. Um, but the, 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 the great thing is, is that it's, it's all available you know, depending on how people want it. Um, you know, VOD content gets a little more specific to, I think, what people's interests are. And we have certain verticals like environment and uh, social justice that that perform um, very well. Um, but um, I think as far as the news product, what is a little different about LX from, say, um, a more traditional uh a news channel like a CNN or an MSNBC is we really uh, try to hold true to our brand and we're about the depth and context. It gets back to that, um, taking that step back and realizing what's broken about traditional media and and, and what we're trying to do to change that. So it's almost like hearing the voice of the viewer in your head all the time and, and realizing like, yeah, no, they actually don't want that. So let's let's try it, and you know, and we we've got a license to experiment. So look, we're going to do things and have done things where we 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 do something and and we we watch it and we go, let's not do that again. Um, but but a lot of times we'll do things, and I mean, so much of what we've already done um, from our set design, having you know the less formal anchor desk to uh, free flowing. I mean, I you know some of my leaders when I told them how I wanted the studio to look, and I said, I'm, I'm going away from robotic cameras and I'm coming back to Steadicams. Um, they looked at me and said, what? That's old school. And I said, old school is in again. Um, but it creates that authentic energy and that connectivity that uh, I think started to get missing, particularly in local news, but in traditional news broadcasting where there's this desk and there's so much formality between the presenter and the audience, and the audience, at least from everything I've seen, they want us as on-air personalities to be a guide, to be their friend, um, and to be authentic. And and so, um, but we're already seeing some of those sort of risks that we took starting to pay off. Not only for us, but even our TV stations are talking about getting rid of their sets and. Um, you know, changing that formality. And, and we saw it in the pandemic with, you know, everybody presenting from home. It almost forced the entire industry to just sort of say, well, we got to do this. So, uh, and I think once the world gets normal, <laughs> there will be um, a lot of the, that stuff that stays.
0: I think that's a really interesting approach because there is something where you have to really stick to your guns because, you know, I think there is the temptation that everyone's covering it, so we should cover it as well. And so you have to have you know pretty strong editorial guidelines and yeah. view of what you're actually
1: going to do to actually take that, take that decision and to back it up. Yeah, and, and, and it carries through even from the anchor to the reporter to even just writing copy. I mean, a lot of our producing, when, we, when we're going to present a story about something through a traditional you know, VO or voSAT, um, we often will not script it. We will literally do it as bullets. Um, And it requires the personality to be more engaged and to understand what the bullets are. But the idea is that then they're going to convey that information and knowledge in their own natural voice. Um, You know, it's the same thing with storytelling. And and I've worked with a lot of traditional reporters who track their pieces like this and talk like this. And, you know, a a technique that someone told me about, and I tell others is, um, you know, tell me the story, like you're telling it to me. And if that means when you're recording your your track if you the first thing you have to say is Craig let me tell you about something and then you go into your line it actually creates that diffusion of the formality because it's like I'm telling it to you over a beer or I'm telling it to you in the living room Um, and, and I think some of those little techniques are starting to to really invade our business
0: Now, I know that there are some things that you've done on LX that are a little bit different in terms of how the news has been presented. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about about some of the slightly more unusual things that you've you've done as part of
1: it as well. You know, we have experimented with a lot of different formats um, and and techniques. Um, Two things in particular, we we have a franchise that we call Drag News, and it is drag news, it is drag queens um, kind of reading and reacting to the news. Um, it's, it's part satire, part information, but there is takeaway. Uh, basically what they do is they, they take a look at, um, a a news story, watch a news story. And it's almost, if you remember mystery science theater, 2000, it's like a, almost a reboot of that concept where it's like, okay, so did that guy really just say that? I mean, come on. And then they'll act stuff out, but they're in full drag. Um, and it's, it's, it's really just sort of fun. It's, 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 it's disarming, um, you know. Uh, We get a little selective in what we choose because you're not going to talk about a murder um, and and someone's loss with that kind of satire. We also do um, a uh, franchise called ASMR the News. So uh, leaning in on the ASMR concept. So it's uh, it's shorter, um, but it's, you know, uh, one of our contributors in uh, uh, LA does it. Um, And, you know, he whispers the news and talks about it and we'll have little sounds and things that'll be a part of it. Um, you know, it, it's 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 creative stimulation. Uh, both of those. Um, and I'll be honest with you: when uh, ASMR the news was pitched to me, I I, I went like, "What? Come on!" But um, you know, how, what do I know? Let's let's see how it comes together and decide. So I think you've got to you've got to use a little bit of your gut. You've got to clearly look at metrics and how things perform. Um, And and, but then I think coming back to you know did did I achieve what it is I really wanted to achieve with telling that story and um, some of that you can do in research with focus groups like where you say to somebody what was your takeaway but you know when I think about the brand of LX what I really try to get with every story that we do is to get the viewer to feel something so we're really trying to get um, a sort of subjective thought happening. Um, so you might not, I might in the course of an eight minute story reveal loads of facts and figures, and you might not remember any of that, but if it was a story about how climate change is causing the famous Joshua trees to die in the national park in California, if your takeaway from that is that, that that's happening and that you are, uh, angry about it, um, or you are concerned and you then get engaged, then I have achieved that subjective idea and got you to feel something. So I think that's really, at the end of the day, if we can pull that, then we have had success. So what do you think are the
0: big things you've learned in the first few months of the channel being available in what has really been quite an extraordinary
1: year? My greatest takeaway, I think, is that um, what we thought would work, works. Um, That it really just took the commitment and the energy to to like you know and the gumption to take the risk um and to say you know uh, i mean because early on we, you know we were running eight and nine minute pieces and um news executives higher than me would say those stories are too long and i'd say well they're they're getting we've got like a 90 percent completion rate on them um you know it's not designed for you <laughs> um and um, so I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, seeing some of the, the things that we started to design that we thought would work working was a great takeaway. Um, I think um, the frustration is, is when you build a new product, even when you are NBC universal, uh, unless you've got, uh, you know, a billion dollar marketing budget, it's very difficult to get people to come sample you because there is a lot of, um, it's a crowded marketplace. And uh, what is great is when people have come and experienced LX content, they're like, wow, this is great. Um, but it's, it's getting people to take that step and, and to, 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 to put it on, um, I think has is, 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 is been a learning curve for, for sure.
0: Because I, th- I think another thing about that is there's also a different way that, people don't necessarily recognize they're consuming news. You know, if you watch something on Facebook, for example, you don't necessarily think, oh, I'm watching the news. You're just watching something on, on Facebook, as opposed to I'm, I'm sitting down to watch a, you know, the six o'clock news or something like that as well. So there is a different mind share, if you like, about do people actually realize that they're watching something that is classed as news? And I think from a younger audience, they don't necessarily have that delineation that perhaps someone of, of my age group would have
1: yeah i think you're absolutely right and i think what we see is that that when you actually do get out of the formula you are you can portray news in a way that really is is even more beneficial to the viewer and and i think that that, that really is the key is that is is it comes back to that breaking the mold and doing it so that it's not traditional but that you're you're conveying the content in a way that that makes sense for the content but is not formulaic and not predictable so I've got one final question to ask what is
0: it that keeps you awake at night what is it that makes you think oh this is something we
1: haven't addressed or we need to do so what is it that that keeps you awake at night or do you sleep really well no I everything keeps me awake at night um you know it it, there's little things like um did I do the program schedule for next month um you know but then there's also bigger things um really kind of just um, you know, when, when you've got a when you run a business like this, that has two North stars, the first being, um, to research and take risk. And then the second to build a brand and create a new audience. Um, it's, it's, it can be daunting because it's, you know, they they come together quite a bit. Um, because if you do take risk and experiment and it works, it's going to help achieve the other goal. But, um, You know, I think being in a position where I get to be a disruptor, um, that comes with a a great amount of, um, I guess it's stress, which is what's the next thing we need to do? Um, How do we do this differently? Um, And so, yeah, there are many uh, 3 a.m.s that I kind of sit up like this and go, um, are we pushing the envelope enough?
0: Thanks again there to Matt Goldberg, Vice President of Content Strategy at NBC Universal for the NBC-owned TV stations. And we'll hear from Matt again later in the season in an episode where we focus on how broadcasters are trying to attract new and younger audiences to their content. Now, if you want to find out more about some of the topics that came up in our interview, take a look at the links in the show notes, where we have some food for thought for traditional broadcasters looking to streamline their digital distribution and to learn from digital first content producers. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Philip Bromwell, digital native content editor at RTE in Ireland, about the rise of mobile journalism. Here's a short clip. The game has changed
1: and I just don't think at this stage that we're in a position to really acknowledge just how much it has changed. One of the things enthusiasts about mobile journalism always say, you know, if you are using your phone uh, just to do, you know, Facebook and answer emails and telephone calls, it's
0: really like driving a Ferrari in first gear. Now, if you like what you heard on the podcast, please spread the word and also subscribe to Making the Media. Please leave a review, let us know what you think, or suggest topics you'd like us to cover. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm at CraigAW1969 or email the team at makingthemedia at avid.com. You can also follow Avid on your social channel of choice to get updates on new episodes and a whole lot more about our products and solutions. Thanks again to our producer, Rachel Haberman. I'm Craig Wilson. Until the next time, thanks for listening.